Hey guys, it's Raquel. We will hop into the episode really quick. I just had a couple of things I wanted to tell you before we get into it. Uh, The first thing is I went to Boston last week on vacation to visit some friends and that is why we missed an episode and I'm so sorry. We're trying to get on a better schedule. I know it's kind of been patchy in the past but I want to be better about that. But we're back on schedule Shouldn't be any more holdups for the rest of the summer that I can foresee, and if there are, we will let you know ahead of time. And then the second thing is, for the first, like, 15 minutes of this particular recording, I forgot how technology works, and my microphone is turned way down. So I am so sorry about the terrible audio quality. It gets better about halfway through, a uh, little, little less than halfway through, so that's, that's good, right? But uh, that's everything. I think we should be good, so we will hop right into it. Thanks. And welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this week we're doing the K2. I can't be more excited. I like, I, my biggest concern with starting this particular K drama is that I will spend the next four episodes of podcast just fangirling hard. So hard. Um, we love all of these people. So much. Every single one of them. I love the bad ones. I love the good ones. <laughs> I love them all. And so. the plot is amazing, but nothing in this world is better than the fight scenes. <laughs> drama. Like, I just want to jump into it, obviously, because I'm like bringing out all of the best parts early on. I just love them so much. I love this whole K-drama. It's so good. It These fight scenes are what we wanted from Hua Yugi. Yes. While we were watching Hua Yugi, I was like, I don't know what's missing. Because you were like, we need more action. And I I don't know. I couldn't put two and two together. But watching the K-2 is like, oh, that. That's what we wanted. That's what we've been missing all this time. It's been like two years, I think, since we first watched it. Two and a half years, maybe. And I didn't realize there was a hole in my life that was unfilled by the K2. And just, I guess I'll have to watch it on loop for the rest of my life. Because it's so good. Every time we watch a new K drama, we'll finish it with a little binge watch at the K2. Yep. A little palate cleanser. A little palate cleanser. That'll be a healthy habit to develop. (laughs) It'll really keep things in perspective. (laughs) But I'm so excited because this is our favorite ever K drama, and it's just about our one year anniversary. We love birthdays! Birthdays, and it's our birthday. It's our birthday. It's neither of us as it's neither of our birthdays as individuals. It is our podcast's birthday, and I'm really excited because this is like my favorite thing that I do that we get to do together, and it's awesome. And yes. we get to talk about the K two for our birthday. 
Yes, we celebrated Ji Ching Wook's birthday last year, and now it feels like he's celebrating our podcast's birthday this year. We're forcing him to. <laughs> he's, he came to our birthday party. Thanks, Ji Ching Wook. We tied him up, we brought him, we put him in the basement. He's here. He's, he's finally here. here. Welcome. I feel like I just really hope these next four episodes where we cover the K2... I don't get creepy over Ji Chang Wook, because I love him I have, on a creepy level. Yeah, I have the same fear of myself that you have of yourself, where I'm pretty sure I'm going to say things that are a little spook, a little spooky. Um, sorry in advance, promise not, no creeps over here. Like, just healthy creeping. Just Healthy a, creeping. A healthy dose of creep. <laughs> I do feel I'm probably equally obsessed with Yuna, who plays Goana. It's tricky. But it's hard because I hate her character yes! so much. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad <laughs> you said that because I feel the same way. I really love Yuna, and I'm so lukewarm on Anna's Anna. character. Anna. Anna's character. I'll probably go back and forth and say, say Anna or Anna. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, sorry in advance for our mispronunciations. If you've been with us this long, you should know that we're never consistent with that. <laughs> we're consistently inconsistent. These names, we'll never get them. But after we first watched K2, however many years ago, we started following Yuna on Instagram, both Raquel and I, and she is a human angel. She is the best person. I don't know why I'm creepy in love with her. But she's so lovely, and her Instagram is on fire. And by on fire, I mean she just posts really cute things. Like, she's just really cute and sweet, and I love her. I'm pretty sure Raquel sent me a message the day Yuna got a haircut, and we were both <laughs> like, this is news now. This is a thing we need to talk about. Why are other people talking about this? <laughs> Her hair is so cute. Um, so yeah, if we get wicked creepy over either Chi Chang Wook or Yuna, our bad. Yep, sorry. We'll try and keep it under wraps. Right. Do you want to jump into talking about specifics? Or can we just like wax poetic about the entirety of K2 <laughs> for the next 45 minutes? I either. either. I don't care either way. <laughs> we could really do both. <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a little of each. Yeah, we'll probably do a little of each. So, I thought that I could remember what I was thinking when I took these notes, and then I just read my first note so we could hop into it, and I wrote, she looks like she crawled out of a TV set to, to, to do a murder. Why is no one <laughs> reacting? I think what I meant is that she's running down a populated street, and no one seems to be concerned about the fact that she's, like, bloody and wet and ragged. Like, just the most haggard person. So haggard. It's so odd because they show her escaping the convent and running up the highway. But then she gets to the city and, like, her dress is all shredded up and, like, super dirty and disheveled. Like, what and he's like, happened? I feel like... 
Yeah, that's what happens when you like run through the forest and your dress gets caught on like branches. I don't know if that's consistent with a highway running. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, the only thing that really made sense was how ragged her feet were by the time she got there. And I was also like, how are you still walking? Yeah. Nasty. Yeah. That's an infection waiting to happen. Oh, I feel so bad for that kid. She's messed up. She's got a hard life. They all do. Yeah, they really all do. This show. (laughs) The K2 is about a competition between several people on who can have the saddest backstory. (laughs) They're all winning so far. Yep. We'll cover that. We will uh, paint broad strokes and paint you a picture of each of their backstories. I think that's a good way to start this podcast. I do too. You go first. Oh no. (laughs) Okay. We'll start with Anna, since we already kind of started talking about her. So we know her mom is dead. Don't really know how she died. Uh, Seems like sleeping pills. But it also, I don't know. Anna kind of blames herself, but uh, that's, uh, I don't know, it's very confusing. She's a very conflicted child. Yeah, like you see her as a very small child feeling as though she murdered her own mother, and that's rough, like... Yeah. That's a lot. So she's sent halfway across the world to live with the nuns, but she decides she does not want to become a nun. She wants to stay an orphan and live in her orphan dress forever. On a side note, really quick, I'm so sorry. I watched this episode that she was at the convent with friends in Boston. I forced them all to watch it with me. And none of us, there were four of us in a room, none of us could remember the word convent. We finally came up with nunnery. (laughs) I almost said nunnery. I was like, is that a word, though? I have no clue. Nunnery. Anyway, (laughs) sad Anna. She's in the convent, living with the nuns. Does not want to be a nun. Keeps trying to run away. And I guess that's, like, her whole backstory. Up to the point that we're at in the first four episodes. Yeah, that's about... That's that's the dosage we get. Um, she also has a love for her father, who we find out is another one of the main characters. But he's pretty negligent. Like, he's not a great dad. It's... That's one of the more heartbreaking storylines where he constantly, when Anna's not around, is like, my wife has so much control over me because she has so much control over my daughter, and I would do anything to protect my daughter. That's why I've been in this horrible relationship for so many years, and that's why I let her pull the strings, and it's, you're like, oh, dad of the year, but then his daughter comes home. And the maid's like, do you want to, like, go up and see her for the first time in, like, 20 years or so? And he's like, nah. Um, just pooped. Thanks. <laughs> I'm very tired, so I will head to bed. But thank you. Yeah, that's a lot of responsibility you just put on me. It's like, well, it's been about 20 years, so I'd say it's time. Yeah, you can go see your daughter. But he does not, so you're like, oh, he's not dad of the year at all. 
He I, might actually be a bad dad. Yep. Like, just a, a really sad person. Just a sad, pitiable human. It's fine. Yay. And then we've got, uh, can I do the K2? Let's do them together. Yeah, I'll, just jump right in. Yeah. <laughs> no. You do it and I'll interrupt you every ten seconds. How about that? <laughs> no, I'll, same. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> cut each other off. <laughs> That's what we do best. <laughs> um, he's the best. I can't think. He's my favorite Avenger. He's like a superhuman. <laughs> um, but you find out that he fought in the war. He was part of a mercenary group in Iraq, and uh, the mercenary group was called the Blackstones, and they were elite mercenary group and that's how he gets all of his superhuman skills <laughs> he's not a superhuman I'm sorry this is very misleading he's just very cool <laughs> it's very cool um, the sad part comes in when you find out that he so early on you know that he doesn't really have an identity and he's considered a traitor <laughs> and yeah I'm just <laughs> making weird faces at Raquel the whole time she does this <laughs> And I just love him so much. I have no <laughs> poker face. And so you find out that the K2 is a traitor to the country. And no one really uh, cares. Somehow he got back to Korea. And he he became a traitor when he was blacklisted for what it appears... It appears that he killed his girlfriend, and a bunch of other people, but mostly his girlfriend. But, like, it's pretty obvious that didn't happen. That's just what... He just wakes up with a gun in his hand, but also he remembers what happened before that. I don't know. So anyway, he's pretty messed up because he loved her a lot. And... Yeah, either way, she's dead. Yeah. And he's heartbroken. And also, like, hunted by his own country. So he's got a pretty sad backstory. Yeah, he's winning so far. I think so. And then there's the sad backstory of the madam, um, Eugene, who I love. Uh, I love her. I love, I love her, and she's such a good... Uh, I, should I say she's a villain? So Is she a villain? It's hard to, like fully classify her as a villain she's not a good person she's a, <laughs> she's a very bad person but she's also the second raddest person in this show she's sure. so good at being bad yep and she's, um, she's just sad you, you say why she's sad okay okay so it seems like she married her husband when he was a young very energetic man who loved standing up for what was right and going to protests and being just a stand-up guy. He seemed like a very cool guy when he was younger. The impression I got. So she fell in love with him, and so much so that she gave up pretty much everything that she had. She was, like, disowned by her family, so she did not get her family's booga bucks that they had waiting for her. 
And um, then we find out that pretty quickly he started cheating on her. And that's been kind of a serial thing throughout their relationship. That she's super in love with him so much so that she would give up anything to be with him. But he cheats on her all the time. So much so that he had a daughter outside of their relationship. I'm like, that sucks. Like, it's really sad. Especially because she's reached the point where she obviously, like, knows he's the worst. But also, she's very invested in his climb to the presidency because now it's kind of all she has left. So... She's going for it. She still protects him all the time from his dumb mistakes. Took me a very long time to realize that my microphone was turned almost all the way down. So. Oh no. I will just say now, sorry for that audio quality mess that's going on. <laughs> it's going to be so soothing and quiet. Yep. And Raquel will be whispering on Raquel's side. through the first 15 minutes of the podcast. Raquel is just whispering. She's so excited about K2. I'm just so excited. Oh, dang excited. So happy. <laughs> so happy. Um, okay, last main character is our new El Presidente. He's not the president yet. I think he's an assemblyman. Uh, his name is Jiang Sejun. I wrote it down. Yes. He doesn't seem to have that side of a backstory. Other than just like he's a bad dad. Sounds like his problem though. Yeah, it seems like most of his sadness comes from his um, poor choices. Constant, constant poor choices. He is sad and it is his own fault. Yeah, he seems just sad that his daughter is being held over his head. So that he has to do whatever his wife tells him to do. Uh, not really a backstory, more his present situation. Yep, that's where he is right now. We also meet plenty of other people. But one of my favorite characters is uh, Eugene's brother. Oh, yeah. That creep. I love him, too. He's such a creep. I love him. He's got that spooky salesman smile, like, the kind that is so charming, but you also, like, if you have any intuition at all, it kind of makes your skin crawl. I call it a salesman smile. I think salesmen can be genuinely charming. He is, I guess, genuinely charming, and also, like, oh man, there's a darkness in that in that giant smile. <laughs> I love it so much. He's cast so perfectly. Because so I don't think he's done anything, like, bad yet. But the way he talks to his sister, you can tell that there's uh, some bad vibes between them. Yeah. Yep. She is not his fan. That much is apparent from the get-go. And it almost seems unfounded. Like, he walks in, and he's very friendly and sweet to her, and she's like, shut your stupid mouth. <laughs> How about you so knock before you come in? Yeah, it's a very confusing situation, unless you infer that he's just kind of a bad person. Yeah. Yep. So, I just kind of 
from the get-go, I'm like, oh, this guy. This guy can't be good. I love him. Like, no one is good except the K2. The K2 is purity and good. It's too good. I feel like Anna's uh, good enough. She's just kind of broken. Yeah, and naive. I think she's frustratingly naive. That's true. She believes pretty much anything anyone tells her. And she also, like... So there's a whole part at the very beginning of the show where she has just escaped and she runs into this rough-looking dude and come to find out it's the K2. It's our man, Ji Ching Wook himself, or Kim Jae-ha, as I think the name they give him later is is pretty much his name throughout the show. Not that anyone uses it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, she runs into him, and they're both rough. Like, they're both... They need a scrub. Yeah. Street people. <laughs> yeah, they're just street people right right now. Literally just made out of whatever the material of the street is at this point. <laughs> <clears throat> and um, she begs for his help, and he's like a softie, always. I'm pretty sure he's super wounded, and he still does some crime to help her. Like, gets in a fight, and then finds out he beat up a police officer. But then she's screaming at him to help her continuously, and I get it. Like, she's scared. She almost got away. He helped her once, and she can't understand why he's all of a sudden like, mm, pass. But also, like, you're pretty willing to endanger other people for your own benefit. Safety, yeah. Yeah. And, uh. I was just, I'm always so mad at any show that's like, okay, this person gets help, and then they sit and watch. And I'm like, no, if you don't run, I'm not going to help you a second time. Right? Like, it's like, that was your you chance. You're just going to stand there? you just going to stand there and watch? Oh, That was the part where I helped. <laughs> Things were stinging around, I guess. Yeah, because now you can't get away. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that he even said, like, go, run. Mm-hmm. He does. And she doesn't. She doesn't And do I it. hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard because Anna is not a bad person. She's just the most frustrating person. And you just have to constantly be like, she's had a hard life. She's a broken person. She doesn't work like normal people. That's why I'm mad. She has, like, a lot going on. Everyone has PTSD, and this is how hers characterizes itself. So, yeah. It's just hard. I'll keep trying to remind myself. So, because I don't want to be too hard on her in the podcast. I think it would be very misleading, because I will love this show forever and always, but also, like, I don't want to sit and drag Anna and then also be like, but it's the best ever. (laughs) K2 carries it. He really <laughs> carries the show. He does. And I, did, I love Eugene. I love yeah, Eugene. The I, mad Yeah, I've got, like, this, like, you know how her assistant is, like, super creepy, like... In love with her? Yeah, super creepy in love with her, but, like, in a, like, freaky way, not, like, in a healthy way, but, like, I kind of get it. I kind of get it, because I love her a lot. 
I don't like uh, I don't like the secretary's love. Yeah, she freaks me out. She is a creep. I just hate. So there's like two kinds of well, there's a lot more than two kinds of villains, but there's a couple of kinds of villains in this show, and I think that the madam and her secretary are two different types of villain. Like the madam is the quietly in control type. And her secretary is out of control, like completely driven by just like blind passion, I guess. Like, yeah, for what is a manic to her. Yeah. And that's like a spooky type of villain. Whereas I think I'm more scared of the man of like, I'm like, oh, she could wreck everyone's life and will if they give her the chance. Um... But also, like, I don't know. There's something about that creepy secretary that spooks me real good. <laughs> She's in your head. Yep. Oh. Okay, we did the backstories. Let's go through what happens in the episodes so we can talk about how many good fight scenes there are. There's yes. a lot, guys. So There's many. so many. Yeah. So first is Anna's little backstory. Story, and then K2 helps her. He beats up whoever's chasing her and finds out it's the police, which I think is kind of a kind of a trick on Anna's part to like make someone beat up a police officer for you. Yeah, like it doesn't matter if the police are in the wrong, which they are, but I'm not even sure they know they are. They're just chasing yeah. someone who's a fugitive, essentially, who they've been told is on the run from the law. And so they probably don't even know they're doing a bad thing. Who knows? And then she coerces the K2 into finding that fight for her. And that's a lot. Because he's already a traitor. And wounded. And would struggle to get away from a situation like that. But she doesn't care. Let's not be like this, Sana. She gets caught very quickly. Because she doesn't run. She never runs. She only runs when she's alone. If someone's helping her, she's like, I'll I'll just pick you back whenever you're done fighting. I'll I'll jump on you. And you can carry me. And then me. we'll run. You can carry <laughs> me. Just as you have through this fight scene. Uh. Um so she she gets uh arrested. And the K2 can't do anything about it. Which is fine. And then we jumped to six months later. Back in Korea. Back in Korea, the place we wanted to be. The place we really wanted this show to be set in. Um, K2 is a banner hanger. I'm just going to call him K2. I, I don't even need a name for him. No. He's going to be K2. He's, He's a banner the hanger. The K2, yeah. The K2. They pretty much call him the banner hanger for like the first three episodes. Yeah. He has neither name nor title. And the banner hanger goes and hangs a banner. That was a spooky, cool scene where he's like hanging off the side of a building in the wind. I was so into it, especially the part where he's trying to break through the glass because the people I was watching it with were like, no. And I was like, just watch. He has a way. Watch him. You don't know his powers. He's amazing. He knows how to break a window. (laughs) 
I love that Chief Joe is the only one that's like, yeah, this is the K2 right here. This is, this is my boy. I know this I guy. I know this power. Everyone else is like, I don't get it. How could, how could a person do this? And he's like, you got to trust me. I know this. I know what's going on. And Nobody cares. Yeah, everyone's like, we don't trust you. And they, after he breaks that window and fights a bunch of guys and gets away, he ends up being the witness to something the assemblyman and madam didn't really want witnessed. And so they go after him. And yeah, manager G is like, no, no, don't do this. He'll kill them all. He'll kill them all. And like, <laughs> yeah, he's capable. So kudos to Jew for knowing what's going on. But he doesn't kill them. We <laughs> find out that he's, um, his PTSD has given him the superpower of not wanting to kill people anymore. And that's kind of a nice power. Yeah, I'm into it. There's like a, it's kind of like the Batman, right? Like there's a certain power behind being able to disable your enemies without murdering them. So I think it's actually a really cool aspect of his character. I know he wants to do a murder. At least every once in a while he's ready to do a murder, but his body says no. And he says, I guess I can't. Okay. Okay, strong body. I'll trust you. (laughs) Um, so anyway, he gets chased down forever. I don't know. Not really forever. He goes and lives on a farm, but it lasts not that long, considering it felt really important. Like, I will spend the rest of at least these four episodes wishing that he could just go back and live with his quiet life with his new mom and dad, but... That's all he wanted when he came back to Korea, is to live a quiet life. And he had that for a day, and it was so cute and yeah. pure. And those those old folks needed him, too. And he was there. He was there for them. But it's okay. He's too strong for a quiet life. He's, he needs to use his powers. If he doesn't, will uh, <laughs> destroy him. His strong body will tear itself apart. <laughs> I assume that's how strength works. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I've never been strong. <laughs> so an assassin comes to kill him and his new parents. And, of course, he disables the assassin and finds out about JSS security and the madam and goes to find her and tell her to stop being mean to old people. I think that was his true message. I think that's what I got out of that. Don't be mean to old people. And she says, I will because I can. (laughs) That's a good time. There's a part uh, that I really liked where they're searching for him and they can't find him. And they go to the madam to admit that they can't find him. And they're like, we're so sorry. And it's, I can't remember the guy's name, the white-haired one that's kind of in charge of JSS, but not really. Yeah, I don't know his name. Um, and he goes to her and he says, I'm sorry, we couldn't find him. And she says, well, people live to the extent of their ability. And I love how mean she is. It's <laughs> so mean that she's like, it's fine that you couldn't do it. You're just a dum-dum. 
<laughs> but better. She says it the way that we want to be able to say it. Right? Like, that is so underhanded. And I just, the scripting in this show is really good because at all times she presents herself like that. Like, she's mean as a snake, but also, like, super, super smooth. So good. Yep. Smooth as whiskey. I love her. Um, my favorite part, uh, much less significant than your part, was that the police come because there's a stolen motorcycle at the madam's house and investigator Choi from while you were sleeping is one of the policemen <gasps> i was like whoop, whoop. i didn't even notice what's wrong with me <laughs> <sighs> i never notice these things it's always you i'm so happy <laughs> you notice oh my gosh that's really neat that's all this show needed was another of my favorite people whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. thank you thank you this show I think he comes a couple times. I think he might be a regular policeman, but I can't remember. Maybe it's a different guy. Anyways, that was pretty exciting for me. And then the episode ends with... This is episode two. We just transitioned right right to two. The episode ends with the K2 holding a gun to the madam's head. And Anna screaming, shoot her? Which was... Oh, just gave me the creeps. Yeah, she gets really murdery and I think yeah what's weirdest about it is it's not helpful or um even smart like there's nothing good about her just standing in the hallway screaming shoot her because then it opens up on three episode three that is and she's still screaming shoot her and I'm just over it by by about Two seconds in, I'm done with hearing her, like, screech it at the top of the stairs and, like, battle her bodyguard. And the K2. I love her bodyguard that just, like, takes Anna inside and is like, Madam, good luck. <laughs> you got I this. I can't help you. I have one job. <laughs> I have one job and it's not to protect you, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you work for her security company. I think you should help a little bit. You're good. We get to know her a little bit more as the series goes on. Yeah. I like we'll her. We'll wait on that. I like her, Yeah. also there's parts about her that are hard to take. Mm-hmm. Um, so the K2 doesn't shoot the madam. He composes a threatening email with some secrets. He is the smartest person. I think that... I think he's amazing because I think that... Probably no one in this world is as smart as the madam is. Like, she is highly intelligent. Six moves ahead of you. Don't even worry about it. Like, don't even try. Don't play. But then he's smarter. And it's amazing, because he outmaneuvers her and has this email sent and is just like, "Eh, if you kill me, your life is over. So... Uh, that's so cool. And he does it so cool that he tosses a phone into a microwave. I hope someday I can, <laughs> with purpose, toss a phone into a microwave, ruin some crap, drop the mic. Boom. And then they get into her car and drive away. And this is one of my favorite scenes of the whole show. The chase scene. So they're 
car, their car gets hacked and they start just speeding faster and faster. And you find out that some people are trying to fake an accident where the madam is going to die, going too fast around a big curve. And so, oh, the K2 takes over. He's so cool. I like this because I love, love, love his fight scenes. But it's also so cool to see his smart scenes where he's like, I'm also very street smart. So give me the wheel and I'll be both cool and clever. Yeah, it's cool because you get to watch how his brain is probably working in a fight where he can figure out what people are doing and where they're headed and outsmart them in a millisecond. But in this scene, instead of watching it as the camera slows down just enough to watch his like change of direction or whatever in a fight, it's watching him figure out very quickly what's going on and the only ways to solve it. But he's so far ahead of everyone that he can't even get the only aid they have in the situation to catch on until it's too late. And oh. he, he still makes it out of the situation. It's amazing. Oh, I it's love that. Amazing. And this scene is where the madam realizes like how useful this guy is, how smart he is, and how nice he is, I think. Yeah. I think she kind of realizes that even if he hates her, he won't kill her for some reason. And even protect her if it comes down to it, because he can. Like, he can protect her, so he will. Yeah, because he could have left her in the car to die. It would have been so easy and solved all of his problems. But he didn't, because he's a good boy. He's a good boy. There is that weird look in her eye where I'm pretty sure she loves him a little bit. Like we do, and yeah. it's, it's a little weird. It's a lot to handle. And really sad, because she's she loved her husband, and he was just, he was let down. He really let her down. Um, and now she's in love with the K2, and you're like, oh, don't keep picking these ones. Yep. You're picking just another- pick a normal guy. Yeah, just pick someone who's able to love you back, because this yeah. is- you're better than this. You're better than unrequited love. That's not to say that anyone can actually, like, I don't know. I'm I'm not trying to harsh anyone's unrequited love. I'm very sorry if that's a situation for any of our listeners. But yeah, it's just a bummer, because she's amazing. Every part of her is amazing, and it's a shame that she keeps falling for these unattainable guys. I get it. I also love the K2. I do. Yeah, I'm also in love with Ji Chang Wook. Yeah. It's pretty unattainable. Yep. I think everyone is in love with Ji Chang Wook. Yeah. Everyone has experienced unrequited love if they've ever seen Ji Chang Wook. (laughs) If they've ever watched the K2. We all feel it. We all feel it. Pretty sure even men feel this feeling. Look at him. Like straight men, gay women, it doesn't matter. He's very strong. And he's very good. <laughs> he's a good man. He's very smart. Inside and out. Oh, I'm sorry we got creepy guys. We did it again. We're sorry we tried <laughs> to drag everyone else into it too. If you don't yeah. have unrequited love for Ju Cheng Wook, I understand. But also let us know. Like, I'm curious if anybody out there is like, I don't see it. 
Yeah. It's hard because I see it too much. I'm blinded by my own. Blinded by the light. Yep. Oh, man. Man, I'm just trying to imagine that. So really, like, actually let us know if you're not super in love with Chi Look. Yeah. We can try and change you. <laughs> by the end of this K-drama, you'll be in love with him. Don't you worry. And then this episode ends with the K-2 in the hospital meeting the other presidential candidate. I guess he doesn't really meet him. He just ends up in the elevator with him. And it seems like he had something to do with his girlfriend's death. Yeah, because he remembers seeing him on the day. Yeah, on the day that she was killed, just after working for this presidential candidate, she died, and he's, like, laughing all spooky. Uh, So I think he imagines killing him, and it's such a cool cliffhanger because you think that he's really going to kill somebody. Gosh, that's dark. I'm sorry, I was laughing so much. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh. Well, that guy is a skeezy gross snake, and we can all only hope that he meets an end at the hand of the K2. <laughs> Thanks, Raquel. You're welcome. Thanks for validating my dark feelings. <laughs> he doesn't kill him, obviously. He's a good boy. Um, instead he has, like, a panic attack and kind of falls down in the elevator and the presidential candidate's like, hospitals are disgusting. I I also wrote a note about that because he said something about, oh, why are all these people sick? And I was just like, how dare those sick people be in this hospital? I hate him. He's so gross. He's such a basic villain. (laughs) Get some character. (laughs) um so the k2 decides he wants to kill that guy in like a different way so he makes a bomb which is crazy he's yeah infinitely talented i suppose and that murder plan almost goes so bad kids are so dumb i honestly sometimes hate children (laughs) my sentiments exactly I Do not die by getting stuck in a revolving door. It's so frustrating because I just, I know that, that no one knew. Not that kid, not the guy that the bomb was meant for. Like, no one knew. But also, I've spent time around kids and I've wondered why they don't seem to have a survival instinct. Like, why are you standing at the top of the stairs being crazy? You're about to fall down the stairs. <laughs> and so I've watched as children don't have an have a survival instinct and then this little kid goes running straight for a bomb i don't come on i can't i feel like even the birds around the building were probably like oh something about this feels wrong i'm gonna stay away from this building today not children not human lives where was that kid going where's his mom where's his like no one at any point Goes running up to the door and is like, oh, Timmy, come on. (laughs) Nobody helps him at all. He's just, the presidential candidate leaves and he's stuck in the door. Yep. And at that point, the K2 is pretty much having a full-blown panic attack. Understandably, he almost did a murder on a child. What happens when you build a bomb? 
And put it in a public building. Yeah. You're very smart. You should have known. <laughs> um, I should have said, the presidential candidate's name is Park Kwon Su. I wrote it down. I never mentioned it. He's just other presidential candidate. The longest name. I put CD Assemblyman. This is oh, oh, that's good. Yeah, CD. CD is a good word to explain him because he makes me feel like my skin is covered in some kind of gross seed. I don't know. <laughs> I, that was a weird way to explain it. He makes my skin crawl, and CD is a good word for that. Yeah, I like it. Um. So the K2 in this episode finally joins the JSS, which is the Madam's Security Company, which is super dope. Seems like that's where he was headed. Yeah, it's a really cool security company, too. Like, I know they've kind of been not the best people, but also, I don't know, they have a lot of information, which is cool. It's always cool when organizations are dangerous, both because they employ very dangerous people, but also because they are very intelligent. So spooky that they pretend real. I was gonna say, it's spooky that they're real, but they're not. It's a show. Yeah. Maybe they are. Like, I know nothing about the corp- like, the shady part of the corporate world. For all I know, there's a very terrifying bodyguard, like, and security organization out there that is controlling everything we do. I don't know. I don't know. I hope not. Yeah. But probably. Yeah. It probably is. Realistically speaking. So then we have the fight scene in the shower. Okay, so that part is art. It's literally art, and I don't know how to talk about it without sounding... So creepy! So creepy and gross. It only... It's just so cool! I love the setting and the the lighting for it. Like, they're in a shower, and... Everything is weirdly lit and kind of steamy and hard to see and slippery. Yeah, and... there's so many, like, tools that are used. Yeah. Like, spraying soap on the floor. Yeah. Flicking each other with towels. And Punching it's... with towels. Yeah, like, wrapping his hand in a towel and using yeah. his hand as a full blunt force object, which is really cool. And the fact that he starts the fight with soap in his eyes... Oh, that was so concerning to me. He just kept rubbing it, like, more into his eyes. It's like, stop it! Stop rubbing your eyes! Just wash them with water! I know you don't have time, but please, make time. Make time for um, this. Yeah, it's hard. I'm glad you said that it was like art, because I kept feeling so skeezy that it's one of my favorite scenes in the show. Mm-hmm. Same. Because it's not for that reason. It's not because they're all naked men and they're in the shower. Yeah, like, we're not objectifying them. They are all in very good shape, which is cool. Yeah. Like, it makes but that's sense. Like part of the arts. Yeah. Like, oh. It's such a cool scene. I love it so much. I can't get over it. It is artful. Oh, I love it. I love the lighting, and I love that the end... They're watching the cameras, the security cameras that are in the locker room, and Manager Ju is just laughing and like, same. Same, buddy. (laughs) 
He just watched everyone's trash get kicked by one man in the locker room. <laughs> uh, he feels like a traitor to JSS a little bit. He's like, I'm on Team K2 already. Yep. This is I'm my... Here. I manage this organization, and I'm like... I'm on his team. Yeah, this, this is my guy. I think when he's trying to recruit him, he's like, I'm kind of a spy myself. I don't really like it here. I'm just working my way up so that I can escape successfully or, like, bring them all down or something. Yeah. So he's not, like, Team JSS all the way, but it's funny. Yeah, he's just trying to get his, but also he's like, haha. It's nice mine. that you're here, too. Yeah. I like, I like him. Um, so I'm going to say this at least a thousand times during this K-drama, but I love you, Jim, so much. It hurts a little bit. Um, this is kind of skipping ahead, though, so actually, okay. I'll, I'll come back to this this love thing. Because uh, the K-2 gets stationed as a night security guard over Yuna's, like, safe house. I call her Yuna. Her name is Anna in the show. <laughs> On a safe house. Yeah, it's a pretty boring introduction. Her house is very boring. The people in it are interesting, so I think it gets better as it goes along. But so far, it's just like an introduction, and it's like, Anna stays in her room. She's kind of spooky. That's it. Miran is the cringiest human in the world. It's the female security guard, and she's like, I like her just fine, but also I... Yeah, I think she's hilarious because it's so uncomfortable to watch her. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of cringing, like physical cringing that happens when she's on screen. And yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he has his first day. Um, We haven't cursed in this episode, so I won't say my favorite insult. (gasps) Do you want me to say it? I don't know. Do we need to mark it as explicit? I don't know. Maybe I'll just, like, bleep out the one word or something, because people will know what we're talking about. That's Um, fair. I just need to pull it up, because I didn't write it down. Um, But you texted it to me, and it made my day. (laughs) This is so good. Uh, Someone calls K2 a fun-looking ass, and it's so good. (laughs) <laughs> I love that insult so much because his face is like a baby fawn. He's so precious. He does. He's got like the face of a baby deer, and you just want to like pet it. No. Apparently, punch it. Yeah, apparently, punch him in the face because you're done with his being very good at everything. I love it. That's my favorite insult. Yeah, okay. That's that part. Now I want to hear why you love Eugene. So they're at like a banquet, and Kwon Su comes over to her to try and like talk some shade, but he's not as good at it as she is. He is pretty good at it. He gets some cuts in. He holds his own for a while. But she's very good, and around the time he thinks he's won the shade competition, she invites in the woman that he had planted to, I guess, discredit um, Sejun by uh, 
having her be caught having an affair with him, but it all backfired on Kwonsu just a little bit. And they recruited her, uh, they being um, Eugene, pretty much, recruited her. And then she has her come in and deliver the evidence that the car was tampered with when she got in the accident. And then she says, is it a crime to be pretty? It's snake-like men that are the problem. And I love her so much. (laughs) So Uh, dark. She's always ten moves ahead. She is. I love it. Oh, she's so cool. Um, And that's pretty much just another reason I love her. It'll come up again. It's fine. Yeah. That was one of the sadder ending scenes where she lets her husband leave with another woman. She's like, I'll head home early and you can stay and do whatever you want, I guess. But we should say goodbye together so that the press knows that we're still loving. And he turns to look at her like she's the most beautiful person he's ever seen in the world because he's the scummiest actor. Not like actor as a person, but like his character acting like he loves her is so scummy. Yeah. He's such he's a so jerk. good at it. Yeah. You can uh you can feel her being so sad in that scene. All she wants is love, yo. All she wants is love. And then there's a final part where um the K2 is watching the cameras at the safe house and Anna is wandering around the house and I just got really angry around the part that she like wanders downstairs and he's watching the camera and she turns and looks at the camera just as he's going like, oh, what's this? She turns and looks at it, and my immediate reaction, I think the first time I watched it, and then this time as well, I just went, ew, because I don't know why she has to look at the camera. It's so creepy. <laughs> I wouldn't understand. I'm not always being watched. Maybe she's just, I don't know, tired of it. I mean, I am. I work in a place where there's video cameras, that are video and audio recording us all the time. And I've never just rando, hardcore, just looked up at the camera. (laughs) Made made eye contact with the people that are auditing us. (laughs) Because I'm not creepy. That's fair. You know that someone has to watch it. Then she does a little dance with some ramen. I hated that scene. Me too. I hate it so much. I wish I didn't because it's supposed to be so cute, but it just comes off as so cheap. I love food a lot, and I've never felt compelled to dance with any of my food. Especially since she looks at the camera like she knows someone's watching her, and she's like, I'm still going to do it, still going to dance it up with my ramen. And then she can't even cook it. There's this implication that he's kind of like like, acting like it's normal or endearing, and I'm just, I'm not there with him. I don't get it. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And then the cliffhanger, which is there's a shadow on the rooftop, and K2's watching, and it's super spoopy. <gasps> spoopy. Spoopy. Ooh. We're gonna get another fight scene, yo. <laughs> I'm ready for it. I'm ready. Um... And we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. When we watch the next four episodes of K2. Yes. 
I can't wait. I'm going to watch him tonight. Just kidding. I'm going to edit this episode and post it tonight. Yeah. We've made you guys wait. Thanks for patiently waiting while I was in Boston, guys. I'm so sorry. We were going to try and record while I was there, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. So we're back. We're going to do the next four weeks solid. Go straight through the key two. So stoked for our birthday month and our birthday show. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us our website, playonk.com, where you can find all of our episodes, leave us comments, let us know what you're thinking. Sign up for our e-letter that we're trying to do. Yay! Yeah. And then we also have a Twitter. It's at playonk is our handle. You can get in touch with us there. It's at, It would be a lot of fun to just like chat about K-dramas with you guys there. So go ahead and follow us there if you're interested in that. You can send us an email, playonkpodcast at gmail.com, and you can let us know if you've already seen the K2 and you want to talk about things that are going to happen but haven't happened yet, that's a great place to do it. Yeah. You won't spoil it for anybody else. Yep, and that you can't spoil it for us because we've seen it and we love it. Yay! And the final place is iTunes. You can subscribe to us there. You can subscribe to us there. (laughs) And you can, um, I think you can comment there. Just, like, rate us and review us. Uh, Be kind. It's all we have. (laughs) And let other people know if you like us and if you want them to listen to. It's a good podcast to listen to with your best friends. That's what I say. It's about best friends. (laughs) And That's K dramas. True. <laughs> Best friends in K dramas. And thank you so much, as always, to James Hevel for doing our theme song. Thanks, James. You're amazing. And I think that's everything. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.